everyone dreams of living an uncommon life. And the best asset you have to achieve your dreams is you. Welcome to the Uncommon Wealth Podcast. We're going to introduce you to people who are living uncommonly. We're also going to give you some tools and strategies for building wealth and for pursuing an uncommon path that is uniquely right for you. Hello and welcome everybody to an episode of the Uncommon Wealth Project where I'm your host, Philip, And I'm Aaron Kramer. Thanks for tuning in. I bet you're not listening to us because you're probably here for our guest. Yes. Her name's Brittany Overton. I can't wait to get her on the show. What's her bio? Why do we want her on the show? This is actually your guest. Yeah. So give me the 411. So Brittany does something extremely, extremely different. And would she's you bringing call it uncommon? I, would, I, would, I think it fits uncommon. Okay, let's Quite go well. for it. So she figured this out. I was talking to her, and she... I'm going to let her explain it better because I'll kibosh it, but... Some people do it on the coast, but nobody does it over in here in the Midwest. And so she's going to bring it to the Midwest, and it really helps bring the past to the future and help memories stay true. I'd say documentaries in a video format. Yeah. Am I crazy? Brittany, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. Yeah. Uh, I think this is really good. One, the... The saying that I love, I've said this constantly on the show. I wouldn't say constantly, but a couple times on the show. When somebody passes away, a library burns down. Yes. And so your job is to try to document some of the libraries before they burn down. Or as we call it, Uncommonwealth graduate. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yep. Uh, we don't really like to like to kill anybody off, but we do like to graduate them. Especially if you have a faith, which we kind of do. But uh, I'm glad to have you on the show. And has this been something you've been doing your whole life? Or have you been having a different career? This is like your second career. Yes. And I love that comment about, um, you know, the library burning down when somebody passes, which is so true. Yeah. Um, So I started actually this journey. It's kind of been a stepping stone. So I honestly feel like it's it's kind of made me grow in my faith. And it's been almost almost a God thing. So. It started actually when I was 17. So I had um, a tumor on my optic nerve. And so I went into radiation therapy um, at the University of Iowa. So so during that time, you know, at being 17, you don't really think about your mortality. Yeah, you're Um, untouchable at 17. Exactly. Um, I I do remember it really bothering my mom. So she had a really hard time um, and my dad as I went through treatments. Um, but honestly, at 17, it was kind of an excuse of, uh, you know, getting out of school early because I said I was tired from treatments and, you know, things like that. But anyways, I really was interested in the field of radiation therapy and cancer treatment. And so ultimately, I went to school to be a radiation therapist. I ended up training under the therapist that treated me. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. And Did they remember you? They do. Uh, yeah. yeah, they did. Yeah. Of course, so, awesome. So I had 32 treatments there. Um, but going to school and learning the craft um, was extremely humbling. And being able to help people through their cancer journey, um, you know, through a time in their life where it's, it's just so difficult, um, not only for the person going through the treatments, but for the family as well. Mm-hmm. Um, just being able to walk them through that journey and, um, and to really help them with that. So I did that for 15 years. Uh, in the process of working as a radiation therapist, I realized life can be short, right? Mm-hmm. We don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. Um, I would hear a lot of stories from my patients, uh, I really enjoy just talking with people. 
Um, and on the side, I had done photography as well. So shooting weddings and things like that. Hmm. Ultimately, I decided the stories that we tell um, in the, the time that we have with our family members is really important. And so that just kind of all was brought together. And um, I decided, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start filming these life documentaries. Um, I love just doing weddings and things like that as well. Um, but, you know, that's one day of somebody's life, whereas this really encompasses all yeah. those big life milestones. Oh, yeah. Where'd you get this idea? Because I know when we were talking before this, like Good you question. saw somebody kind of put this together and you're like, oh, this is amazing because of your past and what you saw through the cancer and all those things. Radiation. Yeah, radiation. <clears throat> Sorry. Um, you know, I had kind of an an aha moment. I was in the hospital with my grandpa. It was 2020. It was hard to get into the hospital because it was 2020. Uh, he had bladder cancer, and so he was um, end stages of life. And so I was able to sit with him. All I had at the time was my cell phone. But I was able to ask him a couple of questions, mm. right? So he was a very strong man of faith. Um, I asked him, can you tell me how you were saved again and how you became a Christian man? Love it. Uh, I asked him about my grandma and how they met. Um, and so I have those on, um, you know, just yeah. audio recording. Oh, actually, was all I did at the time. Oh, yeah. But that was the last time okay. I saw him. And so wow. it was really that moment where I thought, this is so valuable. And so now I have these stories from him where I can share with my kids as they get older and they're in his voice, so it has his, you know, his feeling. You can just, you can feel it as he speaks. So that was my big aha moment, and I thought, why aren't we prioritizing our loved ones like like we should? Mm -hmm. Because um, you know, someday they're not going to be here with us, and so right. now is our opportunity to really ask them those questions and and to capture their yeah, stories. Because you guys had something super close to you guys, super close to you happen with Blake. Right oh. through this, wow. yes. And for our listeners, Blake is amazing. He's hunky. He's awesome. Is he your husband? He is yeah. my husband. Oh, well, okay. Let's start there. Yeah, for me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so Blake is yeah, Brittany's husband. So that was another moment that really kind of solidified my my reason for these as well. So it was a three years ago. He became really sick, so he had a high fever. Um, it actually happened on a Sunday. There was a church service about being bold in your faith, and it was it was one that really stuck out to both of us. But it was later in the day he started to get this really high fever, and so his his temp actually went up to 105. Whoa. So he was taken to the ER. Um, they couldn't figure out what was going on, so he was septic. Uh, he just he was not doing well. So he was admitted to the hospital at Methodist. Uh, and he was actually, he had so many doctors come in. So they did test after test and they were trying to figure out what was happening. So it was everything from maybe your tattoos made you sick or maybe, I mean, just anything yeah. that they could think about. So he had this first year medical resident on his team that came in and she had a friend that had a patient with this disorder called HLH. So it's a blood um, hmm. blood disorder. So ultimately, that's what he had. And so it's something that's extremely rare. 
Uh, so had she had not been there, he wouldn't be here today. Wow. And I'm not exaggerating. I mean, it would have been, if it could have been even th- you know three days later, it, it would have been probably fatal for him. Yeah, that would so rock your faith pretty quick. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, so he went through a whole course of chemo. So he did eight weeks of chemo to kind of shock his immune system back into um, functioning normally. And during that time, our youngest son was uh, three months old. So I was just Whoa. getting back into work. My maternity leave was was out. So I was working as much as I could while he was a patient in the hospital. So upstairs um, mm. and being on that side of instead of being the caregiver yeah, the in the hospital right. and, and being, you know, part on the patient side is just completely different. And him being, you know, mid thirties healthy, you would never guess that something like that could happen, but, Mm -hmm. but it really just made me pause and Mm. think about what's really important in life. And it's really our family and our friends and our relationships that we have and the community that we surround ourselves in and our faith. Right. That's good. So, okay, so the company that you have is Positive Impressions, Life Documentaries. Positive Emissions, yep. Oh, Emissions, I'm sorry, yep. So how long have you had that company? So I've had Positive Emissions for probably about eight years, but now I'm I'm just doing documentaries. So it's been about a year and a half of of just just documentaries. So. Um, it was actually Tim Tebow came and spoke at our church, and nice. it was it was during that where I thought I really want to do this. Um, and so after that, it was actually my husband was um, very supportive, and he said, "I think you should just try it." So, That's good. so here we are, and um, yeah. and it's been just amazing hearing people's stories and, yeah. and the background that they have and, for sure. So let me just quick because we didn't really talk through this. So Uncommon Wealth Podcast is to highlight people's uncommon paths. Yep. Our uncommon path that we see is somebody who's pursuing something that they're passionate about. Because what you like to do is go draw out people's stories and then document it, which I would say amazing that you're doing. That's why you're on the show. Thank you. But for those listeners that are just coming just to hear Brittany, this is why we kind of exist. We also have a financial services practice that we love to help people put a plan together in order for them to go chase after their dreams. And that's sometimes very scary, right? There's just not a lot of people that will be like, oh, we'll help you with that. In fact, a lot of advisors will want to take your money and put them into accounts that you can't really touch. But then they'll leave you there at the radiologist of like, well, keep working there. And then at some point you can do what you're passionate about, right? Life is too short. So that's what we are here for. That's kind of the premise of this show. And I love talking about this stuff because when you start thinking about a passion, you always undervalue what you actually are going to do with the final product. So my question to you is when you started doing this, how did you price this? Like hmm. how does one go about doing this? Cause like you said, it's kind of uh, it's priceless when you finally get that document of your grandpa talking through that. So how do you price it? Ha, huh, that's a good question. That has been um, a little bit difficult just because it's, it's a product that, honestly doesn't exist here so so pricing it is is has been somewhat of um a struggle Mm -hmm. um it's something that has changed since i have started um, evolved (laughs) still evolving yeah um 
but you know, ultimately it's, it's hard to put a price on this. I don't think people realize how valuable this is mm -hmm. for their families and their future right. generations until right. their you loved one it. passes yeah. or, you know, and then right. they realize how much they're thankful to have this. I will say the only thing that I can really, um, you know, compare to is, is a wedding videographer, which people always hire a wedding videographer, a photographer. Yeah, I mean, people will pay, you know, upwards of <clears throat> five to $10,000 for a, for their wedding to be covered. Uh, which is a great day, but it's it's insane to only for one day for one day for yeah. one day, um, in to capture your loved one's stories where you you can capture their wedding and, and talk about that, but you can also capture all the life that happens after that day. So raising a family, you know, with their their perspective of yeah. you know all the struggles that they they went through as a as a young couple, um, you know, up to the wisdom that they've gained today so that's what i was thinking is like the amount of wisdom you get to like pass on from generation to generation because i mean i just know learning i mean i learned a lot through my grandpa's funeral mm. you know and yeah. just to think about how much more i could learn if there was actually time taken yeah. to like ask him more questions and know more what he did because he was kind of like a quieter in his path guy, which I found out he did a lot of extraordinary things, but he did not shout it from the rooftop because he's just that type of yeah. guy. But if cool. doing something like this really shows people like, Oh, like this is how grandpa and grandma got there. Or this is, you know, those type of things. Exactly. I've heard that a lot, especially with, with grandpas or dads. Uh, people say, I don't know what you're going to get out of him because he's not much of a talker. Mm. But I think it shows that generation um, how humble they really are about their stories. Uh, it's so different than the culture that we have now, where people <laughs> want to talk about themselves constantly. Um, but as we ask questions and tell them how important they are to us, then they really start uncovering these stories that they have. And it's amazing to hear these stories. And they're not fiction. I mean, this is your family history. So mm -hmm. it's so important for people to capture that you know, while they're still here. Yeah. Right. Okay. What's the process for this? Like, let's say we hire you, Brittany, uh, and then to do something for like, let's say my parents. Okay. Uh, one, like, what do I have to prepare for this? Because I could see this being daunting and maybe that's the reason why somebody might not. So I'm trying to like break down yeah. obstacles or barriers here. That's sure. a great question. So what, what do I have to prep for? And then do you have specific questions that you just go in blind or like, Give us the process. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot there. Sorry. So I would say the first and most important um, step is for you as either, um, you know, a child or a grandchild to tell your loved one, hey, I really appreciate you. And I just really want to capture your life stories yeah. because they're important. Yep. And so I would say that is the number one step in, in telling your loved one that they're important and, and you really want to hear their stories. Um, so after that, I like to meet with either, you know, your parents or your grandparents. And if I can meet them face to face, I, I do that. Otherwise, we can do a Zoom meeting as well. So I want to get familiar with your loved ones so that I'm not a stranger walking in on the first day with the camera and, you know, <laughs> yeah. lighting and all that stuff. So, so it's really made to be simple for the families. Um, there's really no prep for, for the families to do. I do put 
personal photos and any digitized home videos in the documentary as they're telling their stories. So that is something as a family that that is a great activity to do before the documentary is filmed, um, where you can really just sit with your loved one, get out all those old pictures and just kind of pick out the ones that you really want to put in there. In the process of doing that, it's really an experience for the whole family, um, for grandkids and things like that, to see these pictures that were taken years ago. And it's really an experience, even for your parents or grandparents, to look back at their pictures that they haven't seen in years. So after that um, initial meeting with them, we'll set a film date. And then I like to film in people's homes because it really makes them feel comfortable as well as kind of shows their personality. So, you know, they've got pictures on the walls of their family members and um, kind of shows what's important to them at their home. So I'll bring in my cameras, um, lighting, audio equipment, and then really it's just a conversation with your loved one. So Mm. I have a general list of questions, but I would say as the conversation goes on, there's a lot of there's a lot of um, side conversations that we'll sure, have as well, you which can is go down exactly. That path. Yeah, right. Yep. So those those really um, really hidden kind of you know amazing little stories really start to pop out, and sure. and it's really fun. So so after everything is filmed, um, I'll edit the the documentary and I'll put together the filmed interview, their personal pictures, any digitized home videos. If they talk about a historical event, I like to find historical footage to put in there as well, just to really tell the story. And then extra footage of them. So just kind of them and their elements um, at home, either, you know, in the kitchen or, you know, just these simple things that they do every day, but just really to show their personality and to add to that film. Right. Because then you have to produce it, then you have to edit it. So how many hours do you think if somebody's like, I want you, you're in? For one client, how many hours do you think that you work? Oh, gosh. I would say, so the interview itself lasts about three hours, which goes really fast. Sure. Um, The editing process takes a long time. Yeah. Um, I would say it takes, gosh, I I would say I spend 40 to 50 plus hours on the film. I mean, so it's a big project. So it turns out to be about a 45 to 60 minute documentary so it's i mean it's a legitimate documentary all about right. your loved one's life oh that's a lot yeah that's awesome like, but that's the stuff that i don't think people see yeah you know like the editing stuff is like oh just this that that's not how it goes no and you have takes... a lot of content to boil down to these very concise stories but that's why i think it's hard to price it going back to that because you probably like okay if you really priced it, it people would be like, I'm not going to do it, which doesn't really feel great, you know, yeah. right. having a great product, but nobody's buying it. So I could see how that could be harder. And you said this is more popular on the, you said it more. East that's Coast, what, yeah, West that's Coast. what Brittany was telling us. I found some places on the West Coast. Um, you know, honestly, the pricing ranges from anything from five to $25,000. Mm-hmm. And, and so there's just such a wide pricing um, for this. Mm. And so to bring it to the Midwest and to make it a product that, you know, a normal consumer can, can purchase, 
um, afford and yeah. afford, you yeah. know. But it is one thing that family members can all go in on and, and purchase for for their their either parent or grandparent. Everybody can get a link um, and share and download the video. So it's not just one person that gets the film, but it's truly the whole family mm-hmm. that gets to enjoy it, as well as you know sharing with their future generations as well. Right. Hmm. That's wow. fantastic. What's your husband's, uh, I would say, support? or Because like you said, you listen to Tim, T- Tim Tebow, and then you go back, you're like, what's his name? Blake. Blake. Blake, I'm in. We're doing this. And he was like super supportive. So let's, yes. I love giving people an opportunity just to be able to talk through the support that it meant, but also where would you be without them? And I'll tell you, usually it is like, if, if, if your spouse isn't on board, don't even go down this path. Don't go to the uncommon path. But yeah, before you answer that, was he rocking his mullet when you asked? <laughs> wow. He Blake. did not have the mullet anymore. So during okay. chemo, he lost all of his hair. Oh, sure. And so when his hair started to come back, it came back kind of curly. And so he, he ended up growing a mullet. Wow. And I thought, you know what? He rocked it. He deserves to grow a mullet then if he you, wants to because you, he almost died. You know, yeah, so it's right. like if he wants a mullet, then I don't care. Yeah, mullet. Right. But he does not have the mullet anymore. Um, but no, I would say Blake has been definitely my biggest cheerleader. So yeah. it's kind of funny changing career paths. You you almost have this identity of, of what you do for work. Because we always ask each other mm-hmm. that. What do you do for work? Mm-hmm. And yep. so then we, we almost identify with our job. And so for me, being a radiation therapist for so many years, that was my identity, Your right? go-to, right. Yeah. So... As I changed um, fully to this, I had a lot um, had a lot of days where I struggled because I thought, "What am I doing? Am I is this the right path I'm supposed to be on? You know, is is this doing is this the right thing?" Um, and Blake has always been there, and he's always had my back throughout the whole process. And That's so, awesome. that guy. Um, so it's it's been so helpful having him, and and it's kind of funny as you. If you change career paths, the people that you think would support you don't. Yeah. Which is surprising. Yes. Let's talk through that. What do you mean by that? Because I totally agree with you. Yeah. Totally agree with you. Well, I don't want to say, you know, any, I don't want to get into specifics, but I would say when I, even at the, the clinic, when I quit, there were people that were upset with me because yep. I, I was changing throwing your paths, career away. Yeah. And it was like I was ruining their life, you know, yeah, and right. it, and it ultimately does not affect them have one anything. Bit. No, right. not at all. And right. so, so I think it's that, that was surprising to me. Um, and even, you know, close family or friends sometimes would, would really doubt me. And sure. I think that was discouraging for me um, because I, I thought they would be excited too, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think, I think having Blake, having my back was, was so crucial for me to keep going. Yeah. Uh, now I would say a lot of family and friends of course were supportive, but it is surprising how people yeah, let's don't talk, like change. Let's, t- let's talk through that because I just had a conversation with this gentleman yesterday. So analogies, we love analogies here on the show because I love analogies and the analogy we use is like somebody's jumping off the bridge 
And that's like the uncommon path. One, it's scary to get up on the railing. But our point is, listen, it's going to be the scariest the first moment you jump because you have to get momentum before your parachute will open up, right? And my, so we had this conversation with this individual yesterday that he's thinking about quitting his full-time job and going all in. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I told him this. I was like, hey, listen, you need to know that like your spouse will be your best advocate for this. Uh, but you don't be surprised if the people around you, the closest to you, have no idea or frustrated or have like some kind of unmet expectations that you're throwing away things. Like you just need to know that this is going to happen and be ready for it. And then also know that those people are still going to be at the same place that you're at in 10 years and they're going to be envious and jealous of you. Mm-hmm. And so, they'll be your biggest fan. And they're going to be your yep. biggest fan. So the longer you do it and the more that you have success, the more those people will start coming around to be like, oh, wait, what? Can we have you? Like, So it's very interesting. But I do think that there is some kind of jealousy that happens too, that you have the courage to actually get up on the railing yes. and spread your wings and jump because they're on the other side of the bridge in the middle. Like I'm not going anywhere close to that edge. And so nobody should do that. And you better not do that. You're going to affect me, but are you really going to affect me? You're not yeah. going to. So I love that you said that because I think a lot of people have this preconceived notion. I did too. Mm-hmm. As soon as I start helping people manage their money, people are going to throw their money at me. Couldn't have been the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> like, not true. So I'm glad you said that. I think that's a big one. Uh, since, you know, this is one of the biggest fears for a lot of people taking that leap. What did it take for you and Blake to like financially to make that leap for you? Cause you're going into something where, I mean, you have to make it and like get people to like make up for your, yeah, because like income. you were bringing in an income, yeah, a decent radiologist. Income. Yeah. Yeah. I would say it's definitely a leap of faith. Um, for me, I feel like, I feel successful if I can serve people and serve families and I'm adding value Mm -hmm. financially. It was scary because Blake is a mortgage lender and so he works on commission. Yep. And so for both of us to be on our own is, uh, (laughs) was kind of terrifying, you know, but I think it's really just, you know, communication between us and having that perseverance to keep going. Right. Um, you know, every, every day is still unknown. And, and I think we have a lot, we don't know what our journey is going to be and we don't know what tomorrow is going to hold. So I think it's, it's really capturing the day at hand and, um, you know, asking God what we can do and, and what our journey is and how we can help serve others. Yeah. Do you think that, uh, your past, like photography, the wedding and stuff that gave you a nice runway, of people like running, like getting into this portion of it or, or did you do like things? Did you keep doing weddings and photography on the side to help fund That's as you question. got this up and going? Cause I mean, or, or like you could be like me, you know, like when I did it, like my wife, I mean, or as a teacher, she just completely funded our family where I got mine up and going because I had nothing yeah. helping. Mm-hmm. So I still will do, you know, family photos and things like that just cause it's, it still is fun to do once in a while. But no, I would say I, I did stop weddings um, because I didn't want to have one foot in and one foot out. So I was yes. I really wanted to start this journey of documentaries. So I was afraid that if I continued doing weddings and things like that, that it would just be distracting yeah. and I wouldn't focus on what I really wanted to do. Yeah. I'm talking about Philip's jam right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm reading a book called Burn Your Boats. 
And it's basically like, go all in. Don't yeah. have one foot in, one foot out. Neither one are going to make it. So go all in. So love that. Yeah. That's awesome. Love that. Yeah. No, that's really good. And I do think that, especially when you start getting honed in on what you're passionate about, it's a very attractive to other people. Like, I don't care if somebody's talking about, oops, underwater basket weaving. Like, if they're excited about it, I'm in. Does that make sense? Like, tell me more about underwater basket weaving. Like, I have no nothing about it. But they're super sure. passionate about it, and that's attractive. Yeah. You gravitate towards those people. Because, like, I mean, like, Brittany, like, you being at the hospital, you probably contributed to, like, a 401k, 457, or something like that, right? Yes. Probably not doing that as much now, but now <laughs> yeah. you're investing in right. yourself, and you're way happier. Right. Yes. I... There are days <laughs> where... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, oh, you know, one thing, I don't know if you guys talk about the imposter syndrome. Oh, yes. I never really paid attention to it. So as a therapist, I was good at my job. I liked what I did. I had a steady income. You know, I knew I knew what it was going to bring. But as you go on your own and you're all in, that imposter syndrome really creeps in. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it really... Um, I think it's your yourself that's not sure if if you're doing the right thing or you know if you're as as good as you can be or as good as you should be, but um, but just really, really just trusting the process and just just staying with it. Oh yeah, I mean I, I'll tie that back to the investments. You know, it's not fun to like start out with like you know a hundred dollars a month and you have nothing. Right. It really sucks. But just like when you, you know, you're just getting started, that imposter was like, am I doing that? I don't know what I'm doing. Why am I doing this? Mm-hmm. Like, why are people, people are going to trust me with this, you know? And then it takes a while for that to eventually be like, well, I mean, yeah. a few people have, and then I guess I can do this. Yeah. But like yeah. at the end of the day though, like you, like you just said, like you love serving people. So mm-hmm. like you are your best asset, you know? So you keep investing in yourself and it's working because you're doing it. Yeah. Right. So I, I think it's really interesting too, because everybody that we have on the show has had this, like, it's not easy to take the proverbial leap. No. Right? right. And so inherently, I think human nature is like, listen, I don't like challenges, but after challenges, you're like, but that produced endurance and grit and character that I probably couldn't get without that. So I think everybody can at least acknowledge that like, hey, these hard trials have produced something that is actually helpful for my character in the future. Yes. Okay. But the thing that I think is interesting and pretty much universal on all our guests is like, no, but it's one thing to like go through a trial that you don't create yourself. It's a whole nother one to be like, wait, you created that and now you have to go into it. Like, and that's the scary part, right? But what I would say is your faith gets deeper you see who your community is and then you can really start like understanding your path by serving other people. And then you can fall back on your faith of like, well, let's see what happens. Right. Like yeah. not sure what today's going to bring, but I'm in it. Yes. <laughs> and my spouse is too, I guess. So, yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. That's funny that you say that because you definitely do create this path and then you get to the point where you're like, yes, I did this myself and yeah, you know, right. I got to keep going. So, yeah, right. Um, so yes, and I, endurance. Yeah. Yes. And, endur- and sometimes let's just be honest. It's not easy. Super scary. No. Yeah. And you're thinking yeah. to yourself like I left what for what? Like, so that's the thing that I normally don't sell this. Like this has to be your own. I'll never push somebody off the bridge. Done it once. Yeah, we did it once. <laughs> we did it once. It was successful, but it, it was, was once, but it wasn't normal. Yeah. Right. Like, 
Um, and so normally you have to just like encourage, like I'll hold your hand, but you have to be the one to jump. Yes. Um, and then burn the boats, burn the boats. Like don't go back to the wedding photographer or the family pictures. Although, unless you like it, then do it, but don't do that as like, well, but I can always go back to X and I can do Y. Like, don't worry about that. Like just stay focused Yes. and see what happens. Follow the process. And I think the community aspect is something that I've vastly underestimated because when things get tough, it's the community, it's your spouse that's like, no, no, you're doing the right thing. We're fine. Absolutely. We're going to make, you know, we're going to make this. Yeah. Work. Then, you know, when you're talking to like another person that started their business, took that leap. Cause when you ask them, how was it? And they know that you were in that, if you're going through it or about to go into it, they'll always tell you like, it will be one of the hardest things you do, but it's one of the most rewarding things yeah. at the same time. Yeah. Like yes. parenting. You know, yeah, yeah, parenting, yeah, (laughs) and it's a process, yeah, yeah, it is. Um, but in community, you know, you mentioned community. I've been really having some deep conversations, especially with the older um, generations, and community is something that is so important. Mm -hmm. Um, If any of the the things that they've said or the wisdom that they have shared is truly about community and who you surround yourself with. Um, it's so important yet. It's so simple. Right. Right. That's awesome. Yeah. And I think the community part, depending on how deep it is, it's like sometimes you have to rely on the community that you have. And sometimes you need to be the reliable one in the community to be able to go and serve. Yes. And so it's, it takes two things. And that's like, again, not something that I want to tip my hand in, but like a question I'll ask if I don't really know you, how long you've been married. And you can deduce a lot from that question. <laughs> You know, just because like marriage is tough, yes, but it's also great. Absolutely. And so the people that are like super disciplined, that are like dialed in, usually have a longer marriage and you can see and tell a lot about somebody. There's a lot of other questions out there that you can also deduce from, but that's a fun question for me. You know, like when you meet an older person, how long have you been? 52 years and you're like, wow, this guy has a lot of, you know, like you can deduce a lot and you can really pull out the wisdom. So Uh, So how do our listeners hear more about you get uh, like all the stuff? Tell us how they can get a call to you, how they can learn more about the business. Yes. Great. So it's positive emissions and I'm on social media. So there's Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, um, and then they can also go to positive emissions.com. And that's where you can actually, you know, book a session for your loved one to just start the process. You know, I'd love to, to speak with people and, and hear how I can help serve them. Right. It truly is such an amazing thing to watch somebody's loved one go through all these memories that they haven't thought about in years. Mm. And to pair that with their personal vintage pictures is just um, such an amazing thing Powerful. for for families yeah how powerful especially in a day where at times that we're in right now we're like Mm -hmm. go 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 so fast you can't get people to slow down to really just stop slow down and like really like learn yeah remember so good well Brittany, thank you for taking the leap uh investing in yourself you're a huge asset yes Uh, thank you for being uncommon thank you for pulling out your story here on the show uh you've been listening to the uncommon wealth podcast i've been your host philip ramsey and i'm aaron kramer until next time go be uncommon yep That's all for this episode, brought to you by Uncommon Wealth Partners. Be sure to visit UncommonWealth.com to learn more about our services. Don't miss an episode as we introduce you to inspiring people who are actively pursuing an uncommon life.